0: Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Cancer by the Union for International Cancer Control, an organization that unites and supports the cancer community to reduce the global cancer burden. I'm Kerry Adams and I'm the CEO of the UITC based here in Geneva, Switzerland. Join us as we discuss topics most relevant to the cancer community. Today, we have the pleasure of talking about why cancer control is so important integrated into universal health coverage. Universal health coverage means that all people can benefit from quality health services where and when they need them without suffering financial hardship. But at least half the world's population still do not have access to the full range of essential health services, including cancer care and treatment. And the cost of cancer treatment and care may push many patients and their families into poverty or further into poverty due to out-of-pocket spending. How can we integrate national cancer control into universal health coverage planning? How can we improve access to care for marginalised communities? And what lessons can we learn from other nations? With us today to discuss all of this is Dr. Batmunk, CEO of the National Cancer Council of Mongolia, and it's a pleasure to talk to her.
1: Good afternoon, Kerry. Thank you for inviting for this podcast.
0: So we're we're talking about UHC and we're we're talking about cancer control. So drawing from your experience in Mongolia, how can a country really develop resource-efficient national cancer control plans and improve access to care for marginalized communities, particularly given the, the geography that you've got in your country? And how can this be integrated into a commitment to universal health coverage and the planning for that?
1: Before 1990s, uh, we had centralized and hierarchical healthcare system established during socialist time, and the heavily centralized government structure proved inadequate to address the needs of the different populations. And therefore, uh, two major government reforms initiated in early 1990s were the uh, mobilization of additional financial resources for establishing a health insurance system and shifting priorities towards primary health care. And this new system uh, for the country has been shaped on principles of equity and social justice, where a package of essential health care services is provided free of charge to everyone at the primary level, and complementary health care services are covered by the health insurance system. And currently, uh, provisions for universal, uh, equally accessible quality and free of charge primary health care is stipulated within Mongolian uh, law. And the essential service package has been continuously expanded and currently includes healthcare for neonates, children, adolescents, women of reproductive age, elderly adults, uh, covers communicable as well as non-communicable diseases, emergency care, nursing, public health services, and over last year with COVID pandemic, COVID screening and treatment. And with regards to cancer care, Diagnosis and treatment of all types of cancer is covered by the government budget and national health insurance. So it includes uh, the whole continuum of cancer care, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, surgery, cancer prevention and screening programs.
0: I do understand that in Mongolia, one of the biggest challenges you face is that so many people present um, their cancer at a late stage. I think it's something like 70%, which is not uncommon across many lower and middle income countries. We all know that late presentation not only reduces chances of survival, but also it's very expensive to try to treat people with a late stage cancer. So what's been done by the government of Mongolia and the National Cancer Council to try and address that really critical problem that so many countries face?
1: Despite good policies in place in, in our country, uh, cancer is still the second leading cause of mortality, and the number of cancer cases diagnosed at state, late stage three and four, as you mentioned, are still remaining the same as we had 30 years ago. We need to do a lot of uh, work and focus on the early screening and prevention programs. So 60% of cancer in Mongolia are the types of cancer that can be prevented and early detected through screening programs such as cervical cancer, liver, stomach, and esophageal cancers. Mongolia started cervical and breast cancer screening program in 2012 uh, with Millennium Development Challenge funding, and all women from 30 to 60 years of age obliged for cervical cancer and breast cancer screening programs every three years. Beside this regular screening program, uh, we have uh, some of the screenings are uh, included in the health law uh, for different age groups. because uh, of the high burden of uh, uh, liver cancer. People above forty years can have a regular hepatitis B and C infection marker ultrasound for liver abnormalities once in a year, and people uh, below forty years have early detection of stomach and esophageal cancer. And people above uh, 50 years can have lung disease early detection once a year and bowel cancer early detection every two years. And from the statistic, we can see the screening rate is around uh, 40% nationwide, which is not uh, really good progress. And um, But the distribution is uh, relatively interesting because 55% of the screening is conducted in provinces when in city only 30% of eligible people will go for screening program.
0: Sege, so it's really impressive what you've been doing on screening in the country. Um, the screening rate of 40% you mentioned nationwide must be a little bit disheartening because you've put all that effort into have screening available and the people are still not being screened. So what are, what are your ambitions for improving that 40% rate in the next few years?
1: Uh, so the main ambition to increase the rate, um, screening rate should be focused on advocacy and health literacy of the population. We have been uh, running cancer screening programs for the last 10 years, at an, and the uptake rate is not increasing. It means that certainly we have to focus on encouraging people to go for screening programs, especially in the capital city.
0: Well, I think it's good that it's the capital city which is causing the, the issue at the moment, because at least you've got a captive audience, and um, hopefully, working together with different partners, you can get the message across that people should take the opportunity to be screened if they, if they have it available. And I was delighted to hear that you know your the lodge that you've set up you know is is three thousand people, you know patients and uh, cancer carers. To be able to use that, I know how successful that has been in other parts of the world, in Turkey, the USA and others. It really is an important part of um, helping people through the cancer journey, isn't it? Because if they do travel a long way, then they have to stay somewhere. So how successful has your lodge been?
1: Uh, We work to support patients who undergo cancer treatment, as chemotherapy, radiotherapy and some surgeries are not available in rural areas. Patients still have to travel to the city for the treatment. And that's, uh, therefore, we provide accommodation for the patients, carers from rural provinces who are undergoing cancer therapy in city uh, through accommodating at the lodge. And the lodge was established three years ago. And over the last three years, we accommodated around 3,000 uh, patients and carers. And these services are, were really vital during COVID-19 lockdown over the last two years. And uh, I can say that collaborative work, uh, government with civil society on advocacy, health literacy, provision of supportive services are really important and key activities.
0: Mm, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of others actually benefited through that because obviously with COVID, people were concerned about being in the hospital environments and lodges are hopefully safe environments for them to be close to those who are undertaking cancer treatment and care.
1: Definitely. Uh, it was really important supportive service for the cancer patients. And we really identified that during, especially during uh, COVID-19 lockdown, when everything was locked down and people couldn't hardly travel anywhere. The lodge was the only place where cancer patients and carers could stay. We had a lot of feedback from our patients and family members that it was really big support um, to overcome cancer during this really difficult journey.
0: Perhaps I could move on to another question, Segi. Uh, I, I know you mentioned earlier about the the relationship between the government and civil society in your own organisation working together. Um, and we, we at UICC, promote the idea that you know, to address cancer control, the full spectrum, as you described it, it needs the engagement of all of community, engagement of the government, civil society, the general public, and also the private sector. So in in a ter- in terms of addressing the, the the core drivers of the challenges you have for cancer in the country do you feel that that, that is working is are there good examples of um, partnership collaboration which is really helping to address the factors which are causing those disparities in in cancer care uh,
1: there is a need for more evidence based uh, cost effectiveness evaluated decisions And governments should engage civil societies and private sectors uh, on this. I think that selection of certain types of cancer uh, screening programs based on the evidence basis is important for many resource-limited settings because setting up the screening program is quite expensive and it needs to be very scientifically based. And as Mongolia is the least densely populated country, providing equal access to quality cancer care, even uh, to very remote areas is very challenging. And that's why uh, improvement of infrastructure, increasing the funding, continuous training of the health professionals, and uh, retaining them, especially in rural areas, is very, very critical. And that's why private sector, civil society organizations can play a very important role in advocating for the funding, improving health education, conducting research uh, to address issues around disparity.
0: I think the way that you're approaching it in Mongolia is an example to all of us and hopefully we can use this podcast and also the great work that you do to inspire others to look at how you can over a 10-15 year period really transform the way in which Cancer control, in fact, NCD control and the introduction of universal health coverage principles can make a difference to society. So, Sege, I guess I I sit here in Geneva admiring all the great work you've done. I'm delighted that you're part of the UIC family and I really appreciate the efforts and energy that you put behind all of this. So thank you very much for giving us your time today. And I wish you the very best of luck and hopefully we'll meet up again at a World Cancer Congress or a World Cancer Leaders Summit soon. So thank you very much for telling us about what's happening in Mongolia.
1: Thank you very much, Kerry. And it was also my really great pleasure to be invited in the podcast. So I, I really also look forward to meet you during World Cancer Congress in Geneva.
0: We'll see you there then. Have a lovely day.
1: Have a lovely day too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Cancer. If you like this podcast, please subscribe for more content every month from tobacco control, through other risk factors, through to cancer treatment and care. If you want to know more about uic's work visit uic.org or follow us on social media and if you want to meet more inspirational people like teggy you should come to the world cancer congress in october in geneva i can assure you you'll leave inspired talk with you again soon